welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, as always, joined by Kyle, as always, and as you've heard for the last couple, joined by Timmy as well. Timmy, Kyle, how are you? Doing great. I'm great, I'm great. What's up, fellas? Not much. We mean, we're on like the double eve. We're double OD on the <laughs> eve of championship weekend, and it's going to be a great Sunday. We got Philly, New York at three, and then we're gonna the night capper is going to be KC in Cincinnati. Uh, do you guys wanna jump right into it? Do you guys have anything to say prior to the NFC championship games? Or in, you know, AFC yeah. NFC? I mean, I'm ready to go. Uh, this is one of my favorite weekends. I mean, it's kind of depressing because you know it's really our last true weekend of football before. Super Sunday, you know, and yeah, really, course. really divisional weekends like the last weekend of like how we all consume football, you know, wire to wire. So, yeah, it's it's very bittersweet, very bittersweet. But yeah, no, I'm ready. I mean, we've got great matchups. I'm ready to roll. All right, great. So we're going to start off just with the early game. We'll go right in order. We got the San Francisco 49ers led by Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy taking their way to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles, the two best teams in the NFC. It's what I had predicted. It's what Kyle had predicted. I believe it's not what Timmy had predicted. He had the Giants there, but it's okay. Um, Timmy, uh, either Kyle, you had a dream about this game, or Timmy had a take about this game that I've been eager to hear both about. Uh, Who wants to start off talking about this game? I'll, I'll start with my dream. Okay. You know, because I, I had this dream Monday into Tuesday, and I think why this was so relevant to me is because I don't really, I don't really ever remember my dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me actually. I had a crazy dream last night. All right. More crazy dreams. So I'm gonna preface this with my dreams from last night. It was wild, right? Yeah. Um and this could be because I saw a clip of Tim. I don't know if you saw this clip or Keen. I don't know if you saw this clip. But I saw a clip of Dan Marino from like a 1991 skills challenge, like hitting a bullseye 50 yards down the field, like a moving target. It was crazy. And uh, obviously that's what the Pro Bowl skills challenge is going to be next weekend, I believe. Yeah. So maybe this had something to do with it, but I had a dream that there was a four-team Super Bowl and it was basically like quarterback <laughs> 11 on 11. Uh, the only real thing I remember is that Kirk Cousins was in it in the Vikings and he tore his ACL in this four, yet yeah, four team Super Bowl. Pretty wild. Okay. Best part of this dream. The next part of this dream, though, this is the most wild thing. And uh, shouts to Melatonin for this, for these wild ass dreams. But uh, I had a dream that Victor Webbem Yana, his, uh, I guess this was for preseason NBA. I don't know, but he was stuck in the woods with cocaine bear. If y'all know what cocaine bear is. <laughs> and he had to get his way out. That was one of the most wild dreams I've had forever. Uh, are these dreams? Are laughing. these LSD? Like, what? I was, I was, all I know is I was laughing my ass off in my dream. And uh, I woke up dying laughing at that. And yeah, cocaine bear is a real thing. Look up that story. It's a movie coming out. I don't watch movies, but I'm eager to watch Cocaine Bear, especially oh, after that dream. I'm so, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But uh, Victor Wembanyama, on oh, my back, you know, I'm going to accidentally just start a FaceTime here. But uh, 
Victor Wembanyama and uh, Cocaine Bear. So Monday to Tuesday, though, I had a dream. Let me get this right. I have wrote. I woke up and wrote it down because that's how specific it was. All right. So I had a dream. It was the Niners' ball. Right, fourth quarter, about a minute and twenty left. Niners were down fifteen to eleven, which is a weird score. Yeah. They had it probably about the forty yard line. Okay. All right. Or opponent's forty yard line. Eagles forty yard line, forty five in that zone. Yeah. I believe it was fourth and eight. They kicked a field goal, missed it. <laughs> so they had about two timeouts left. So it's Eagles ball now between again a minute ten, minute twenty, up four points, and Niners still technically have a chance there with two timeouts. Yeah. So that was a really specific situation, and uh, as you just heard, my dreams are pretty off the fucking wall, and that was anything but. This was a very specific football situational dream, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, another detail here, we'll see. Philly was wearing their black jerseys, but the Niners were wearing their home reds, which was interesting. So we'll see. They're both in their home jerseys in Philly <laughs> on Sunday, I'm going to... I'm going to start to get scared, you yeah. know what I mean? Because okay. uh, who knows? Maybe we'll stumble into a 15-11 score late in the fourth. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a score that you don't typically see. So if that's if it's 15-11 in the fourth, I'm going to probably be a little be a little skeptical. <laughs> so, so maybe so maybe uh, Niners fans should be scared of uh, this premonition because, I mean, it could happen. It is a weird score, but, I mean, you never know. You could uh, – have a touchdown, go for two, get a field goal. Who knows what happens? So yeah, we shall see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So with that, do you that want being to get... said, that's not that's not an actual prediction. <laughs> oh, oh. you heard it here, guys. That's his prediction. I was gonna say. Yeah, I, was right, about yeah. to, I was about 15, to ask. 11 Eagles. No, that's not my prediction. Okay. Uh, you want my prediction right now? Are we getting right into it like that? Yeah. Just get right. Um. Get right into it. There's no need to. Bu- we've <laughs> this game's been long awaited. I'm going to be honest, I don't – at this second, I really don't have a winner. That's how hard this game has been for me to forecast. I will say that score 15 to 11, I do have it in that ballpark. I really do. I have it as a, a very low-scoring game, mm-hmm. whether it's 14 to 10, whether it's 17 to 14. Let me say this. I do give the Eagles the edge. I had the Niners in the Super Bowl. Originally, when we did this podcast, you know, three weeks ago, I had the Niners in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I want to say I'm wavering on that, but I guess I kind of am because, man, the Eagles are so good at the line of scrimmage on both ends, offense and defense. But as are the Niners, you know what I mean? I feel like the Niners are the perfect matchup. I feel like the Eagles haven't had the toughest of schedules either, you know? I feel like this is their first real test all year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they've had those Dallas games, but one of those Dallas games was with Minshew. One of those Dallas games was with Cooper Rush. Uh, I couldn't even – who was their toughest opponent besides the Cowboys this year? You'd have to probably say the Giants first time because the second time they didn't have anyone there. They lost to the Commanders. They lost, obviously, to the Saints, but that was without Jalen Hurts. They really – the Eagles have had probably the – Easiest road to an NFC championship game that I've seen in a while, including playoffs or championship game, I should just say. Even when the Steelers had that crazy year where they were like 11 and out, they did not have an easy playoff route. It was like they had the worst. 
matchups for the playoffs. The Eagles have gotten lucky. Yeah, like they could have it... played, and that would have been a game. And I believe I even had something similar preseason. Like I had the Eagles as my regular season favorite, the one seed. And I think I had them in the NFC Championship versus the Rams and kind of coughing it up for the same reason. Like it would be basically the best competition. Uh, obviously, the Rams did not make the air, but uh, the Niners are every bit as good as the Eagles. Curry's the question mark. You know, if they do lose this game, I do believe it would be in part because of Purdy. Like, that's the only way I could see the Niners losing this game. That being said, the Eagles are so fundamentally sound in how they approach the game, you know, as far as the run, as far as chewing up the clock, as far as trying to get second and short situations, really efficient situations for Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'm going to roll with the Niners still. I'm going to say a score of 17 to 14, 17 to 15, we'll say. So you're gonna keep, you're gonna keep that. Oh, so you're gonna keep that 15? Just <laughs> that uh, Brock Purdy is gonna <laughs> go against your dream? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe that's it. Maybe they uh they get a pick six or a fumble return. That wouldn't be a pick six. Maybe they get a fumble return, punt return, but 17-15, they get that six at the end. I I hope uh, that I, I hope that happens because if that mean if that happens that means they maybe went for, try to go for two and missed it or missed the extra point so then Jalen Hurts gets a chance to go down to get a game winning field goal instead of the tied and field. I hope <laughs> could be or it's a, or it's a score at the buzzer. Who knows? You, you know, either, right at the horn. But. Yep. Either way, sounds fun. Timmy, so Kyle's got it seventeen fifteen San Fran. What do you have? I- I think he's in the ballpark with the San Francisco score. Uh, but I think the Eagles are the best NFC team. And I don't think they're going to make many mistakes this weekend, even though they're playing great defense. Um, I think they're going to, I think they're going to kind of run away with this game. Um, personally, I mean, earlier in the week, the take that Kyle, Kyle had said that I'd made a take I, had said I don't know if it was a take as much as it was a prediction, you know? Oh, it, was, it, was, you know? it was a take. It was, it was both, I guess. Um, I had said the Eagles were going to win by 15. That's okay. what I was feeling. Um, but since then, I've kind of calmed it down. I think the, the 49ers will still score. Yep. There's a few of this, really, is like one, Brock Purdy didn't look amazing against the Cowboys. He definitely didn't look bad, but he didn't look like that two-touchdown Brock Purdy that we had pretty much throughout the whole season. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the case playing against the Cowboys, I think that could very realistically be the case playing against the Eagles. For sure. Um, and it could be even worse. You know, he could be that no touchdowns and two picks kind of Brock Purdy that we've never seen. But I kind of think this game might be the falling apart game for Brock Purdy. So that's just kind of what I'm, I'm putting this on. Okay. Uh, I think it's to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl. One, because I don't want the Eagles to make it. And two, because they've really just not, like, they had that one against the Chiefs recently. But other than that, they get to these games and then they lose. So, yeah, they've, um, I'd say they've been to two Super Bowls within the last 13 years. They've lost both of them. They've been to add another two NFC Championship games because they lost to the Giants and they also lost to. The uh, last year. last last year to the Rams, they, yeah, they've been gave up, the, gave up a lead in both Super Bowls too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't say the 49ers have had 
a lot of almosts over the last decade and a half. So definitely. Tim, Tim, what was your score? What was your score? My score for this game, I think the Eagles scored 27. I think the 49ers will score 16. I think this is an 11-point game. I've drawn the line a lot closer. I don't think it's quite 15. At one point, I had it at 13. But then I was, like, working the scores in my head, and I was like, wait, that doesn't really make sense. So I've got it. How many picks does Purdy throw? I think he just throws one. I don't think it's a bad game, but I don't think it's going to be the 30-point games that they've been having. Um, so he might even throw a touchdown. I like I've got him penciled in for a touchdown and then field goals. So, but then True. also CMC, I know he's been playing kind of injured for this, like a good portion of this season, but he's got like this calf strain. So we don't know if he's going to be fully healthy. I bet you he probably is, but they've always listed him on it. And I mean, we saw last week, Elijah Mitchell get a lot of, worked especially in the end of the game there um i don't know i think there's a lot of factors going into this i think the eagles are just getting getting a lot more healthy and they just have i think a better roster it's it's really close it's really close but i think the eagles are just the better team here so who scores better even yeah uh is a man Hey, Jalen Hurts, he, he is that boy. He is that boy. Keith, I just want to say before you go, our uh, Eagles favored by two and a half in this game. And uh, we spent a lot of time on the Giants last week and not as much on the Eagles. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say, like, the Eagles are phenomenal. Like, I have the Niners, as I said, but the Eagles, they're a phenomenal team. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, they're only here because of their easy schedule. Like, if they had tougher teams, I'd still take them in the upper echelon. I just think they did benefit from an easy schedule, you know, as well as having a great team. Like, I, I feel the way they approach the game with uh, Nick Serini is very similar to Belichick when he had Brady as far as clock management, as far as if you're up two scores, good fucking luck, you know, getting back in that game. Yeah. So I think they're – as elite as you can be, truly. But I do think it's one of those situations where this is going to be their first true test of the year. What does it look like when you get punched in the mouth kind of thing, you know? And I believe they'll take that punch, but I do have the Niners on top, obviously. But go ahead. Okay, so obviously there's been two games this weekend. There's two games this weekend. This next one we're about to talk about has been the one that I still don't know what I want to go with. This one right here, I had San Francisco before the playoffs, as good as I think Philly is. I do think San Francisco's a little better. It really, this game's going to come down to how much pressure can the Eagles get on Brock Purdy. They led the league in pressures. They led the league with 70 sacks, which is absolutely nuts. They were 15 ahead of the Chiefs, who had 55. So they can get to the quarterback. But the offensive line for the 49ers is very good, especially you've got Hall of Famer Trent Williams on the left side there. So you've got his blind side should be protected. That's going to be an interesting matchup to see. Did you it, see – I don't mean to interrupt, but did you're you good. see his, his film against Micah Parsons last week? I haven't seen all of it, no. Trent Williams shut that man down. Whenever he had them, it was a clinic. That's, he's – one of the greatest left tackles like that we've seen. He's been 
phenomenal throughout his entire career, and he will definitely be a Hall of Famer. Hundred percent. Yeah, even would spend first chunk of his career on a miserable Washington team. Yeah, he will be. Hundred percent. This game on both sides has so much talent on both sides of the ball. Like you've got Jason Kelsey, who's probably also going to be a Hall of Famer on the Eagles line with Lane Johnson, who will also be probably a Hall of Famer. You've got obviously AJ Brown, Miles Sanders is good. Jalen Hurts is becoming one of the best QBs in the league. Other side, there's just so much talent on the Eagles. And then there's so much talent on the 49ers. I think there's a little bit more talent on the 49ers, but the Eagles have the quarterback edge clearly. So that's where this game's almost kind of a pick 'em. I'm leaning the 49ers because as good as I think Nick Sirianni is, I think that Kyle Shanahan's a little bit better of a coach. And I do think that the 49ers will be able to keep Brock Purdy upright enough to him, for him to make the plays that he needs to. And I also trust Kyle Shanahan to put him in the best situations to succeed. I've got the San Francisco 49ers winning this game 26-23. to 23. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, I do want to say, because we've been mentioning Purdy quite a bit. Yeah, there is a world where, like, it is really like his first rookie game, and like we do get an outcome that like ten minutes, you know. Oh, absolutely. But uh, I do like I'm right in line with you though. I think these are the two best teams in the NFC, like by far. And yeah. uh, you can even make an argument these are the two best teams in the whole NFL. You know, yeah. Chiefs fans, Chiefs and Bengals fans would obviously have something to say about that. But, uh, yeah, these very well could be the two best rosters, two best teams, two of the, certainly two of the best well-coached teams in the NFL as well. So I don't foresee Purdy getting in too much trouble just because Shanahan will have such a, a well-designed game plan for him and the offense. But at the same time, my Eagles defense is no joke. And, uh, you know, they get so many sacks just off three or four man pressure, which is that's a weapon in itself. So I cannot wait to see this chess match. Yeah, no, this this is going to be this is going to be an amazing game, I hope. Um, but you are right too. I think if this game is a blowout, I think Philly wins. Like if you were to tell mm-hmm. me before it starts, this game is a blowout, it's a Philly blowout because that just means block per Block Purdy, Brock Purdy, Block Block Purdy, that Brock Purdy imploded. So if yeah. if that's the case, it's gonna be a Philly blowout. If there's gonna be a blowout to be had in this game, I don't think that's going to happen. I think a close game. You'll come down to these little things, which obviously it could, Purdy could also mess that up too. We don't know yet, but we'll also see because Hurts, as Hurts hasn't been in too many big games either. Like, in college, he was in a few big games. He was kind of hit or miss. I mean, he did have to get pulled out of a national championship game that Tua came in, that legendary game. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year against the Bucks, he played terrible. And then this year against the Giants, he's played phenomenal. And that's his postseason career. I'm not saying that he's not better than Purdy or that he can't do it or anything like that, obviously. He's got so much career ahead. We'll see what it, how it goes. But it's not like he just has this illustrious career of being Tom Brady or – being one of these great quarterbacks that just have performed great in every game. So this is a huge spot for him, too. Home game, you are, um, you are I think, you're, as you said, they're favored by two and a half. Um, you are going against a rookie quarterback on the other side. So this is big spots for both of them. And he's got a payday. He's got a payday coming to him anyway. But if he gets another Super Bowl championship there, 
that payday raises up even more. So definitely big spot for a lot of people in this game here. Yeah, I do want to say if the Niners blow off the Eagles, uh, it's either because Hurts has a terrible game or just flat out because Eagles are uh, fugazi because there's yeah. no world where that should happen. The only way it could be a blowout, and even then, I only see it being, like Tim said, like a two-score game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I would struggle to see this not being a close game. I'm surprised this line's not closer to one and a half. Uh, we'll get to the AFC Championship, but now it's Chiefs favored by one and a half. I'm very surprised by that. That means, uh, that means a lot of people might have a lot of faith in Mahomes' ankle right now. Because uh, at one point, the Bengals were favored. The last I knew, the Bengals were favored by a point and a half. So it's apparently flipped again because the Chiefs opened as a favorite yeah. most of the week. I haven't really kept up with it, but from what yeah. I heard most of the week, the Bengals were favored by a point and a half, two points. Now we get the Chiefs again at a point and a half. So must be they are feeling like Mahomes is fairly healthy for a high mm-hmm. ankle sprain. Uh, he doesn't seem to have a walking boot, but, you know, it's one of those things – I'll have to see with my own eyes because, man, like we were saying, a high ankle sprain, the difference between that and a regular ankle sprain is is a lot. It really is. Like we said, Mac was out for three weeks. I think he was – I mean, that's mostly in basketball, like a six-week injury. So we'll see. I'll believe it when I see it with Mahomes, and uh, that's part of the reason why I'm struggling with this yes, game. Absolutely. So much. Absolutely. So uh, to explain the line a little bit to you, it started off, depending on where you were getting it, at either Chiefs two and a half or Chiefs minus three. So it started either there. It was pretty much Chiefs by a field goal, wherever you were getting your line, FanDuel, uh, DraftKings, wherever. And then they, with Mahomes' ankle, it literally got bet down all the way pretty much to at some places you'd get it at Chiefs plus two and a half. So and it was like, OK, so it was swinging in the favor of the Bengals by about a field goal. Then Mahomes had his press conference talking about pretty much, yeah, no, it feels better than I was expecting it to. You had Andy Reid who went on and um, I can't remember where exactly it was, but he was like, yeah, he had an ankle in- a high ankle sprain that was before. And the next week Mahomes ended up throwing for like 440. Um, but he was like, I ha- we had an ankle sprain before, but this is even better than that one. So people have been very optimistic about the future of him. And then when he walked down the podium, he had no limp in his gait. He looked fine on the practice footage. He's looked perfectly fine. He's been a full participant, hasn't been limited all week. So because of all those things, people were like, okay, the Mahomes is fine. So this line got bet back from at the peak of it was Cincy. A minus two and a half back now to Casey, either one and a half, one, two, depending on again where you get it. So it's been one of the crazier spread changes you'll see, and that just kind of shows how great Patrick Mahomes is because the difference between a Patrick and how close this game is because the difference between a 60% Mahomes and say an 85% Mahomes is six points. So it's crazy to see how those this lines move so far. Huh, I. I will say Mahomes in that press conference when he walked away, it kind of looked like when you want to make it look like you're okay. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's still got a, a bit of a limp to him in that it was a high ankle sprain. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all indications are that it's better than expected. Mm-hmm. I still just want to see it. Oh, of, oh, of course. Uh, what What's y'all forecast for this it's game? Like, 
Tim, you go. I was gonna say, Tim, you go, because you sent me that clip of him walking down. He was like, he is fooling. Us. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they're lying to us. This man is not injured. <laughs> if he got an ankle sprain, it's a low ankle sprain. I think they just diagnosed it quickly at the game. We're like, yep, he's in pain. It's not a high ankle sprain. He's fine. He'll be okay. I think this game is gonna be a lot more close, just because of the stuff that I saw. And I do agree with Kyle how he said. Um, it kind of looks like he was trying not to limp there. If he's got a high ankle sprain two days after the injury, you wouldn't be able to try to not limp. You'd be limping. You mm-hmm. should be in a boot. You should be in crutches. Like, it shouldn't be... Hell, they should be fucking wheelchairing. And it shouldn't be even a question. Let's get that Paul Pierce treatment. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I don't know, the WWE wrestler, but the one that... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think this game would be a lot closer, like a lot closer. Um, I still think the Bengals aren't the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, they're better. Offensively, they have more skill positions. The only position that they're not, and I think it's if if Patrick's healthy, is quarterback. And, I guess and tight, tight that and tight end, if you want to count that individually, but obviously, as pa- if you like, go past catchers, they have a be- they'd have the better core for yeah. sure. And I maybe like offensive line is probably better for the Chiefs too. So yeah, but other than that, I think the Bengals are the better team. I think this is potentially game of of the the playoffs here. Um, all comes down to KC and if they can really. Really go out there with not 100% Patrick and, and keep up. I think they will. Um, I think this game is high scoring. I, I see the Bengals scoring 31, and I see them winning it with a game winner, 31 30. Ooh. A game winner that happened last year. I think it's going to be crazy. I think this is going to be a good game. Ooh, I, I, listen, I'm all here for that. <laughs> um, I want whatever this outcome is since he wins, Casey wins, 49ers, Philly. These are the four best teams in the league to me. These are teams where I think every head-to-head matchup should be close if wherever you get it. So I want close games throughout this entire weekend. But, Kyle, what do you have to say? I kind of want to hear what you have to say first before I go. Okay. So before the year I had the Ravens, I think, beating Cincy and then beating – KC. I know. I think I actually had Cincy beating KC and then them beating the Ravens and uh, Ravens beating Cincy in the championship. You did. You had, you had an AFC North Super and, or uh, AFC cha- North AFC championship. Yeah. So I got fifty percent of it right. Just not the Ravens. Um. And then obviously before the playoffs, I had KC and San Fran meeting again, and then I had San Fran losing to KC's in the Super Bowl. This game. I saw Mahomes' ankle go down, and I was like, okay, he looked tough. So I think I'm leaning towards. I was like, I think I'm leaning toward. Hold on. Hold, sorry, my iPad decided to turn on, and Siri thought she needed to talk to me about the Super Bowl. Wanted to get some podcasting. Siri always be jumping in. Yeah, I was gonna say she wanted to get some podcasting. My goodness, <laughs> Siri, stop that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, shouts to say shouts out to Apple. Um, so the Chiefs 
I was starting to lean towards Cincy. Obviously, Joe Burrow is one of my guys. So I want I want to go with Cincy here. But the idea of Patrick Mahomes losing four straight times to one single person is baffling to me. So I still am going to stick with my preseason pick. Or not preseason, my pre-postseason pick, I should say. Pre-post. Pre-postseason pick. And I'm going to have the Chiefs over Cincy in the best game that they've played yet, which would be, which is going to be amazing. I got this game 28 to 27. I think it's going to start off a little slow. And then it's going to end, it's going to just end in chaos. Like it by chaos, I mean, just back and forth, like, Great quarterbacking play. It's gonna be. It's gonna just be a great game. So I've got KC beating Cincy twenty-eight to twenty-seven on a late hair on a set last second Harrison Butker field goal from maybe forty-six, roughly. I just want to be clear here. So, Burrow's your guy. Like Lamar's your guy. That was, that was kind of your thing before the season. Was like those your two guys, and you got Lamar on top. So you've got Burrow here. Mm-hmm. With Mahomes with a bad ankle, right? Mm-hmm. So he's kind of handicapped there, right? So you got Mahomes less than 100%. And we got the Bengals, who Tim just said he believes is the best team in the league. Correct him? No, 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 no. I didn't AFC. say that. Best team in the AFC. AFC. Sure. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you say you think since he's the most well rounded team in the AFC team? In the yeah. AFC. I think they're I yeah. think they're a little bit more rounded than the Chiefs are because I think they have a touch better of a defense and they have and they have a little bit better of a run game. But Pacheco and McKinnon are pretty close to Mixon and P Ryan. But I don't think Mah- I this is this all comes down to me, because I think I know where you're leaning to, to Mahomes, I don't think his ankle's really gonna hamper him that much. At all. I think you're going to see about a ninety percent Mahomes, roughly. I don't. I really. I think unless somebody lands on it like mid-game and that tweaks everything, because obviously we don't know if that's going to happen or not. But I'm not going to predict that someone's landing on it because it's hard to do. I don't think it's going to hamper him that much. I really don't. I think they're going to be maybe a couple plays that like where he's the mobility won't be fully there. Like on a third and like 15, he might not be able to scramble for the whole thing, but I think he's going to, he can operate well from the pocket. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If you took away his legs, regardless when he's top three. And then I do think he'll still be able to move around the pocket and extend things. Like he's looked the way he's looked in his, uh, his the way he's looked from what I've seen is I believe he is going to be able to be okay. They'll inject it with something as well to where obviously that's not going to just take away everything, but it will definitely help the pain, and I think he'll be able to perform at a very, very high level. So that's where it comes down to. And I think Mahomes is a little better than Burrow. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised, Uh, especially given that I mean, you just said you think he's up to 90%, but yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised. I was very prepared to come in here. I'll just 
say right now, I'm taking KC. I was very prepared to come in here and be the only person taking KC, uh, which is why I had you go prior. Uh, I see it a little differently. I, I see it actually being more in line with the Philly and Niners game. I think it's going to be a little more low scoring, uh, especially given that Holmes is less than 100%. I don't think he's – I definitely don't think he's 90%, especially, again, a week after we saw him like, skipping around on one leg. Usually if you at least – everyone here is sprained an ankle, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it hurts, especially that next day, right? And even the days following, but especially that next day. But even when, like, let's say if it's in a game, usually you got the adrenaline to at least – be able to push off a little bit, right? We've seen someone like Seth Curry who has a lot of torque in his game, right? Like he's shifted in a lot of directions. We've seen him sprain his ankle pretty bad, right? Like turn his ankle pretty bad and come back a few plays later and still be able to kind of move. Mahomes was literally on one leg. So I do think he's going to be less than 90%. I do think the Chiefs will have a run, I would say run heavy, but more of a run emphasis in this game. Um, I'm not exactly confident in their defense, but I don't know. It is a winter game. I do feel like they'll try to keep the ball away from Burrow and try to kill the clock there. Maybe more of a quick passing game, you know, try to shorten the game. The question is, does Andy Reid stick to that game plan? Because we've seen times where, uh, you know, they'll have success with the run game and don't necessarily follow through with it the entire game, right? Uh, you've got a more you've got more of a high scoring game. I've got a low scoring game, but I just said I don't have confidence in the Chiefs defense necessarily. Um, you also mentioned Tim how Burrow is three and zero versus Mahomes. I too don't see the same thing. Like that's part of my rationale. I just can't see it. But I guess it, this would be the game, you know. And I came in here. Last week saying, you know, if Mahomes is truly less than 100%, it's the Bengals game to lose. So really, like, I have no idea why I'm picking KC here. You know, I've heard, you can't, I've kind of joked on you for this team, but you come on here and be like, oh, I have a feeling. And I'll be like, well, fuck your feeling. What the, you know what I mean? Like, what's what's the game say? Like, what's, what's common sense say here? Common sense to me does say the Bengals win. But just like you can, I really can't see him. I do think Mahomes is better than what I would have expected as far as health. But I don't think he's 100%. But I do think he'll be effective enough to at least keep his arm strength, be able to plant on that back foot, throw downfield. Uh, all that to say, my final score here is 24-21 Chiefs. But okay. it's not confident. It's not confident. But I was going to say, mine's not think- thoroughly confident. I like I could. There's definitely a world where, obviously, the Bengals win this game. So I... I'm not fully confident. I just think Mahomes is a little bit better than Burrow and his ankles. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And that's really what it comes down to. Let me say this. Mahomes is a gamer. He's a warrior. We saw that last weekend. Of course. We've yet we've yet to see a true... I mean, that's not true. Last year, 13 seconds against Buffalo. That's probably right now his signature moment in the postseason. Uh, I think this has a chance to really be that. I mean, did y'all see the clips of the Bengals on the sidelines saying Arrowhead is Burrowhead? Yeah, you know? no, the, the Bengals have been talking crazy, and I love every second of it. 
I mean, look, they might, just, they might bring the dog all the way out of the homes. That's kind of where I'm leaning with this. That's really, I'm like, yo, if you're, if you're the next, if Last Arrow was Brady and you're the next guy, like, this is your moment kind of thing right here. So, I'm betting on it. I had the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl prior to the preseason. And uh, I had them getting back. So, yeah, we'll see. I picked the Bills, obviously, before the postseason. But, hey, I, I would be a hard press to see it four times from Burrow. And, by the way, last AFC Championship game, Tim, my bad I cut you off, but uh, last AFC Championship game, Chiefs were rolling the first half. I have no idea what happened to Mahomes in the second half, but those were what, truly the tale of two what, halves. What but, happened was he they tried to get the points before the half, and they didn't get any points. They went in with some momentum, and then he short-circuited. I have no idea what happened. But that was like his – like obviously he played against the Bucks in the Super Bowl and didn't have like a great game. But at the same time, when you're looking at that game, his offensive line was pretty much out. That was truly like the first bad playoff game Mahomes has ever played. Like that, he played terrible in that second half. So that was like the first time you really saw him play like garbage, which is crazy to think. But yeah. Go ahead, Tim. So you guys, you both brought up the point of Burrow being three and zero versus <clears throat> Mahomes. Yep. He was two and zero, right? And and they played in the regular season this year, right? So yeah. he was two and zero. They play in the regular season yep. with a 100% Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And they lose that game. I believe it was a it was 28-24, but it might have been a field goal to win. I think it. I think it was 27-24, but yeah. I think every game's been a field goal game. Yeah. In my mind, if Patrick Mahomes is 100, that's if a game you expect, it's the top. I mean, I'm expecting a really good game. I'm real I'm expecting one of those games, but I just think it, they're going to need a lot more help than just Patrick Mahomes to win this game. So, I don't know. I also just like Burr. He's just got the number, dude. Maybe he's going to go undefeated against him in his whole career. I don't know. I love Burrow. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think Burrow's great, but I think Mahomes is a little bit better. Um, I just the, Mahomes can do a little bit more, I think, going forward. They're going to be – I mean, they're going to be going head-to-head. This is – this is more so going to be like the Brady Manning compared to like Allen and Mahomes being the, like, I think, cause I feel like, I feel, I just feel Burrow's going to be there a little more than Allen because I think he's just more consistent. We obviously don't know. He, Josh Allen could go on a crazy run and be whatever, but uh, I was going to say Burrow feels like he has a lot of that Brady in him. And then, I mean, obviously Mahomes is different than, uh, Peyton Manning. He's Peyton Manning meets Brett Favre meets a little bit Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't turn the ball over like they like they did. But yeah, no, I I think this is going to be a great game, and obviously this is a great rivalry that's going to be here for the next decade, and we're just going to be blessed to see it. Uh, okay, so Kyle has. Everyone's like, yeah. Alrighty. Um, so Kyle has the championship being San Fran and KC. I have yes. it being San um, Fran and KC. I'm the outlier. Timmy yeah, has it being Philly and Cincy. So this is going to be interesting to see. And. That's actually- very interesting because 
I think it was, so it was New Year's, right? Camden came up to visit for New Year's, and he asked me, what team from the AFC comes to the Super Bowl? And I said, the Chiefs. They're the only team that can do it. I said, the Bills will be in the talk, the Bengals will be in the talk, but the Chiefs are the best team. And I think the Bengals have really proven me wrong in this last, like, month of football. So that's all I'm saying is I was a, a hardcore Chiefs believer all season that they were the team to do it. Things change. It's going to be good. Good, good week. Okay. Yeah, either way, we get great games. That's, oh, yeah. That's yeah. Like, I, like, there are worlds, obviously, where these games – Maybe the cheap, maybe Mahomes is perfectly fine, and the Chiefs just lay one of their big statement games, or like the cheap Mahomes isn't fine, and the Bengals just run it up on them, or the Eagles Purdy does something, or Jalen Hurts does like whatever. Like every, there's always a possibility of there being not of being being blowouts. I don't see it. I really don't. I think these games are gonna be magnificent games. But uh, so. Now I've got a few questions here. If you guys are good to answer those, sure. I do want to say I do want to say before that I do think Eagles and Niners will be the game of the weekend. Obviously, I have each as one score games, but I do think the Eagles and Niners will be the better of the two. I I'm personally leaning towards KC Bank uh, Cincy. I just feel. Obviously, I think you could be right because those are maybe the two more complete teams. So there's definitely it's not like it's a wrong thing to be. I just feel like there's a rivalry brewing between the Chiefs and Bengals. So I just like I like that game a little bit more, but we'll see because it could easily be San Fran and Philly. Um, I also do have one question. I think it's similar to your types of questions here, Keenan. Go yours first. Oh. Want me to go mine first? Yeah, okay. you go yours first. Well, I saw a picture on face uh, on Instagram. Sorry, um, and you know, of course, I answer the question in my head. Then I go to the comments section to see what people are feeling. Yep, and you know, it just shows not a lot of people. Always reliable too. Yeah, exactly. Not a lot of people think like I do though, and like, no, nope, I don't know if it's me fact. thinking wrong or if it's just like ninety percent of people thinking wrong here, but. The question was, where do you rank one through four of the teams remaining in the playoffs, their pass pitching groups? So wide receivers and tight ends, not including running back. Not, where would you rank in, not including running back? Correct. Just wide receivers and tight ends. Okay. Where would you rank them one through four? Um, do you want me to go I first, Kyle, or do you want to go? I'll go quickly. Okay. You could have one through four. In my mind, you can have one through three interchangeable, and you could make an argument for it. And then four is the Chiefs. But, like, that's just what I think. All right, Kyle, you go first. I would say... I would say Bengals. Then the Niners. Yeah, then the Eagles and the Chiefs. I think I agree with with Tim there. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I mean, I could... You could talk me into flipping the Eagles and the Chiefs, but Bengals won... Niners too. I think skill positions like backs included, it's Niners. But yeah, yeah receivers and tight ends, Bengals one. Uh Niners two. And yeah, you could talk me into flipping either, but right now I'll say Eagles three, Chiefs four. Um That's kinda tough because Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. And I do like Juju, but yeah, I would say I'll go with that. Three yeah. and four, Eagles, Chiefs. 
that's what I have. Uh, Cincy, so when you go through it, just to quickly go through this, I think Cincy has the best receiver left. Uh, you got Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Debo, and then whoever you want to say on KC. I think they have the best number one receiver. I think they have the best number two receiver. T. Higgins is better than Devontae and Brandon Ayuk. And then the number three receiver, I think that Tyler Boyd's better than Jennings or better than whoever you want to say on the Eagles. And, again, the Chiefs are just irrelevant to that. So And then Hayden Hurst is a good tight end. Hayden Hurst is the worst out of all four tight ends. But he is still a good tight end. So when you put that all together, I have the Bengals one, San Fran two. You got Debo, you got Ayuk, you got uh, Jennings, and then you've got George Kittle, who's the second best tight end. I have the Eagles over KC because even though you have the best tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey, after that it's Juju, Marquez, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. But in Philly, you have Dallas Goddard, sorry, Kadarius Tony as well. My bad. McCole Hartman injured, but like Giants legend. My my bad. My, my bad. So, anyways, <laughs> anyways, but you have for Philly, you've got AJ Brown, who's not on the level of Travis Kelsey, but he's pretty close. And then you got Devontae Smith. The Chiefs don't have one of those. And then Dallas Goddard is better than any other pass catcher you would have on the Chiefs. So I would lean the Eagles there over the so, Chiefs. So I totally, I, this is the exact rank that I would have, and that's why I was saying, you know, I was gonna say not a lot of people watch football. Because we all came to the consensus of the exact same rankings here. A lot of people were putting the Eagles above the 49ers. I thought that was crazy. People were saying that Devonta Smith is a better wide receiver, too, than T. Higgins. And in my mind, that's not even close. I think T. Higgins could be a one anywhere. Well, I think T. Higgins Devon- was a one before he got there and played as yeah. a one. And then when Jamar Chase went out, he was a one. To- yeah, no, yeah. he's not. Uh, and then people were also arguing this one's a little bit closer that George Kittle's better than Travis Kelsey. I don't agree with that, no. but I can see where you're coming from. He's more complete, but he's not three. better. Yeah, and I think he's a better blocker too. I think yeah. he that's, plays that. I think that's, an, I think that's an argument, though. I do think that's an yeah. And you can argue. Wait, you could that's argue that he's more complete or argue that he's better. Both. Uh, well, I mean, he's definitely more complete, but I think you could argue he's better. I think if you put Kittle. In the Chiefs offense, or even in the Eagles offense, you know, someone you never really know where the targets are going week to week with the Niners, and he's really gotten more with Curry, honestly. But, uh, you know, I think Kelsey's definitely the better receiver. But if we're talking all around game, and if you put uh, Kittle in an offense where he was the primary focus, you know, I think he'd be right there with Kelsey as far as numbers, you know. Uh, I think, Kelsey, Kelsey again is a better pure receiver, but all around tight end, it's definitely Kittle. And yeah, if it was the focus of the offense, like Kelsey is and KC, I think it would be more of a clear argument rather than right now. It's, you know, anybody would pick Kelsey because his numbers are pretty astronomical, you know? So I, I think where Kelsey excels is the backyard football element. I think mean, that's something that runs in Kansas City a lot, where like, He'll just say he runs a post, and then he's done. He's no longer, like, running that post. He's running the, I'm running to whatever's open. Travis is going to throw me this ball. Whereas, like, Kittle doesn't need to do that because the ball's probably already. Uh, so I think I think Kelsey would work more in the Kansas City offense than Kittle would. But I agree that Kittle's a more complete tight end. And he's also younger. So, like, he probably 
could have a better career. But I don't know. Depends yeah, on the I, I think if you put Kittle in that Casey offense, I mean, we'd see similar numbers. Would we see maybe oh, as as athletic of catches? Maybe not. You know, Kelsey's probably got the better hops and such. Uh, and we do see Kelsey drop the ball here and there. We see Kelsey making some boneheaded plays once in a while. I mean, we we really do every so often there. But uh, yeah, I don't think the difference is truly that much, you know. And uh, I don't know. I do think Kelsey's phenomenal. I do. But he's he's more in that Jimmy Graham ilk, whereas Kittle is a pure tight end. But, again, if we're going just receiving numbers here, even if Kittle was in a a more uh, offense centered around him, like Kelsey is. Yeah. You know, I think it, I think it'd be close. I think Kelsey would still have the upper hand, maybe, but I think it would be close. I really do. I, I personally think I would just go with Kittle. I'm just a fan of. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, Kittle. I'm not, sorry, not Kittle. Kelsey. Kittle's a better blocker <laughs> for sure. Um, Kittle's a better blocker for sure. <laughs> which is why he would be more complete. Travis Kelsey is an underrated blocker. He's definitely, as his career has gone on, he has definitely developed as being a better blocker. So he's not like he's bad by any means. He's just not as good as Kittle is. I mean, Kittle kind of was like a a fill-in offensive lineman, kind of the same way Gronk was when Trent Williams was out. Like, he pretty much, that's why his numbers dipped. We were basically like, okay, so we're just going to have Kittle be an offensive lineman and we'll just run the ball. But, um... I just think Travis Kelsey is a little bit better of a route runner. I think he has a little bit better hands, a little more explosive of the wall in his hands. I just I like Kelsey a little bit more than I do Kittle, but I think that they're both phenomenal. You've got the two best there. And then Mark Andrews, you can be third, sorry. <laughs> sorry. But okay. So yeah, I do want to say though blocking is a very important aspect of the Oh a hundred percent. And I wouldn't say a hundred percent it is. And I but I just don't think that uh I don't think Kelsey's bad at it. That's kind of where I'm going with that. I don't think Kelsey's bad at blocking by any means. I just think Kittle is your best probably blocking tight end in the league. I think he could realistically play offensive line. Like, you could put him at guard, and it wouldn't really surprise me. I think he'd be okay. He's very, very good at blocking. Yeah, no, that I mean, he was a de facto tackle for them for, for yeah. like, six weeks this year. It was the same thing that Gronk used to do. Like, Gronk, there have been times where late, especially, like, 2018 when they went on their championship run when they beat the Rams that running the ball wise Gronk was just a six lineman he was like that's why we that's why we could run so well he was just a six offensive lineman who was doing as good as our right tackle so I was like okay you've got six offensive linemen but this offensive lineman are, is the best tight end ever and can still catch the ball and make plays all right that's a cheat listeners at home take a drink Patriots reference so yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, it's it's hard to do a pod about winning without having the Patriots there. So that's a hundred percent that. But all right. So I've got a few questions here, and then we can head out and do whatever we need to do for our day. Uh, my first question here is this: How do you guys feel about Nick Sirianni not being in the Coach of the Year consideration in the final three? He was. He wasn't even a finalist. Nope. It Wait, was, game five? It was no, they only for it's un oddly enough, they only do three for coach of the year and not five. It was Brian Dayball, it was Kyle Shanahan, it was uh hold on, let me look at the I can't remember the third one off my head right now. Sure. 
I had five. Um, and I swear it was posted by NFL. Maybe they just like whittle it down. Yeah, I was gonna say for some reason for finalists for MVP they had five. For offensive player of the year there was four. Defensive player of the year three. Comeback. Three, I got five. And I then, got five finalists here. Uh, right here on this. Peterson, I got Peterson, Sirianni, Abel, McDermott, and Shanahan. Um, yeah, on this list that I'm looking right here, it says the 2022 finalists are Dayball, Peterson, Shanahan. Well, this is on the NFL, like the NFL's Instagram page. It says the finalists for the NFL honors Sirianni, Shanahan, Debol, McDermott. That is really odd because this list that I'm looking at is usually three. They all. I, I do have an article right here for Bleacher Report that also says he was initially listed as one of the five, but I guess they did kind of narrow it down to three, and he is not in that third. Very interesting. Or, so, or whittle, if we want to use the word whittle. So, so if okay, so if he was originally part of the five, how do you feel about him not being in that final three? Because he is not part of that final three. He should probably be in that final three, being that he had the most wins in his. Well, what this is his second year. Uh, yeah, I believe, coach? I believe so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anybody who leads the league and wins, especially, I mean, what they were thirteen and one at one point. Is that correct? Uh yes. yes. Finished fourteen and three. I mean, who's who was the top three again, Keith? Um, the top three. We have Shan- Brian Dayball. You have Doug Peterson. You have Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I would. I would have took Shanahan out. I would have took Shanahan out. And you could even yeah. copy uh, Peterson. Probably deserved it. They ended the season well, but I would have took Shanahan out. I mean, I had, I had the Niners here. I mean, remember my preseason prediction was that eventually Jimmy was going to take over for Trey Lance and that they would have been in the, I didn't have him in the NFC championship game, but I had him in the playoffs and winning the division. Uh, so this didn't surprise me at all. I, you know, I definitely think you have to put Serini in there, uh, especially since, you know, the big, the big question was Hurts, you know? So yeah, they, I thought they were going to lead the league in wins. I might've even had him at 11 or 12 wins. Yeah, whose dog is that? That's my dog. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Was, it's like three like, times away. Like it's a like, beagle or some shit. But no, she's loud. She wants to join the pod. That's all. But yeah, no, Siri trying to join the pod. We got the dog trying to join the pod. <laughs> got a lot of guests today. Dog on the pod. Nah, I'd have him taking Shanahan's spot for sure. I expect Shanahan to be here. Uh, but to be. The Eagles were at one point in the undefeated conversation. So you got to put them there. So personally, so before I go, who are your guys' coach of the year? Mine would probably be, I would probably be uh, Nick Sirianni, actually. Is it Sirianni or Sirianni? I always Sirianni. switch it up. Yeah, mine would be Nick Sirianni. Mine would be. All right. And then, Timmy, who, is your, who would yours be? I mean, it's kind of, like, it's kind of biased, but I think Brian Dayball is just – it's hard because between him and Peterson, they're actually, like, pretty similar situations where they took a team that sucked last year and they got them to nine wins, you know, squeaked into the playoffs. But Peterson's a little different because they were division winners at nine wins. Okay. I, I think that team – I don't know. I think Peterson should have never been fired in Philly. I think he – had a lot of stuff unravel on him, and they just like moved on prematurely. But I agree. I agree. Um, on Sirianni, like they were a good enough team last year 
that to see a four-game winning improvement wasn't really out of the picture. I think a lot of people thought that they would get better. Um, yeah. I don't think they think that they would be like this juggernaut. Like most of these games, they were up 28 to one score in the first half, right? But like, I don't know. He also did win Coach of the Year last year, I'm pretty sure. So to get it two years in a row, I think it's a little unlikely. Mm-hmm. But he actually, a lot of people just like the story of Brian, so I think they're just going to vote for him for that reason. I would. Like, he'd probably be my backup choice, too. But uh, he ended the season. The record to end the season was kind of poor compared to how they opened the season. I think they, down the stretch, they had less than 500 record. Uh, but overall, I do think he had the best coaching job out of anybody. I throw Dan Campbell in there, too. Um but Sirianni, I mean, they were dominant the whole year. Did he? So he won Coach there last year as well. Yeah. Uh, oh. Almost, almost positive on that. If you want to fact check it, pretty sure they like, yeah, they squeaked in the playoffs. They were a team that everybody predicted. Siri time. Oh. Okay, so Mike, uh, I think Mike Vrabel won oh, last year. Cool. Mike Vrabel. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Yeah, because yeah, uh, last year they were obviously no one really thought they were going to be, and they were the one seed last year, and then they lost to Cincy. But anyways, okay, yeah. so. I think it was like NFLPA or something. So I think personally that Sirianni should be on the list of three. I wouldn't have Doug Peterson there. I, would I was per- thinking of getting rid of Doug Peterson, but if you get rid of Doug Peterson, and they got to get rid of Dayball because it's like the same. They both have it, nine wins. It is, but it's not. I have Dayball there before. It is. You know what? What's up? My fault, Keenan. My fault, my fault. I, I just want to say, like, thinking about it, I would have Shannon on there, and I'd probably take Peterson off if there was one. Because uh, Shannon did have three different quarterbacks this year. Yeah, okay. That, that's, I was, go ahead, that, go ahead. that's where I was getting to. But, uh, yeah, no, Peterson, Peterson I would take off. Personally, I think Dayball, like, no one expected the Giants at all. I mean, at all to do anything. We saw the Jags, and they had talent. We didn't think it was going to be this instant. So, Doug Peterson did a phenomenal job. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He should be in the top five. I just think when you are 13-4, and you start the year with Trey Lance. He goes down. You insert Jimmy G. He goes down. And then you have Brock Purdy in and he's now got you in an NFC championship game, and none of us have said that they we think Brock Purdy is the future of, like, he's going to be great, right? No one here thinks that. Like, he has a chance to be good. Like, obviously, I'm not saying he's not, but, like, right now, none of us look at him like, wow, he's like Mahomes when he came out, and he's been that great. Anyone? We talking about, sorry. I'm no, I'm that. just saying. I was gonna say, do you guys think? Do you do you think Brock Purdy is like a franchise quarterback future right now? No, not at all. Okay, and Kyle, you? Uh, no. I mean, he's got a chance to be a starter for sure, but franchise yeah. guy, no. Okay, my point exactly. Because I think he could definitely be a starter in this league. I think he's earned a starting spot possibly next year, depending on the health of Trey Lance, and dep- or depending on what they can get. But we've even talked about Tom Brady possibly going to the 49ers and instantly Brock Purdy's that in your mind. And they're still in the NFC Championship game. And 
two of us picked him to go to the Super Bowl, and Kyle, you picked him to go to win the Super Bowl prior to, mm-hmm. and you would not do that. Their team is very good, don't get me wrong, but their team is mm-hmm. not that much better than every other team to where you would do that if they didn't have a competent quarterback. So yeah. I mean, I so think, I was gonna say, I think Purdy's really good, you know, good, but I think that is a lot to do with Kyle Shanahan. I would personally have him as my coach of the year, in my personal opinion. I think you having three different uh, quarterbacks and with none of them, you don't really skip a beat. Like you're, you're getting better with the farther down the depth chart in your quarterback room. I just, I would go with Shanahan as coach of the year. I understand they've got all the talent in the world, but. You still he the way he schemes up plays what he does he's, I think he's done an amazing job this year. So I'd personally have him, and this also mm-hmm. leads into my next question after you're going Absolutely. after you go to me. Real quick, real quick, uh, that could be an argument for why he shouldn't be coach of the year. I think as you move down the depth chart, you get worse QBs, but your team gets better. Maybe your depth chart is wrong. Like maybe the. Tra- <laughs> experiment wasn't meant to be you should have never done it i get it they lost to the bears in an absolutely like downpour terrible weather game that they would have probably smoked them if they could have just thrown the ball a little bit but like as the season went on they shouldn't have gotten better but they did so maybe it is an issue of you know jimmy g shouldn't even have been two on the chart he should have been one and we should have had Birdie, I don't know if you heard my dogs. Yeah, we do. Birdie, but you're good. Who? Sounds like a dog fight over there. It's, I think, a dog and a cat, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay, so, you know what? I don't hate that, but I and I understand what you're saying there, but I also think that just does a great, like, a phenomenal job of coaching as well. So I do I'm like a, the devil's advocate. I do like the devil's advocate right there. Like, no, I, I do. What if Shanahan just doesn't know how to evaluate his own quarterbacks and Purdy was the best the whole time? Well, I look do at, think there's definitely, 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 definitely Lance, and he looks bad. So Yeah, Lance Lance does not look good. Uh I do think there definitely is some Purdy Brady parallels with that uh, that two thousand and one season with Brady at one point, maybe before the two thousand one season, but Brady at one point was the fourth string guy. I mean Purdy was the last guy I took in the draft. Really was only, and I've mentioned this before, he was only doing second team reps because of, you know, Jimmy G wasn't even supposed to be on this team. Mm-hmm. They bring him back. So Purdy was really being that number two guy all offseason. Then Lance gets injured, he's the number two guy behind Jimmy G. So he's been getting reps, and I do think he's got more ability than Jimmy G. It's his decision making. Like he's definitely gotten away with some near picks, you know. But uh, I don't know. I, that first game when he came in, I was like, yeah, this guy really does have ability. He's not afraid to push the ball down the field. He's got some slinger to him. He's got mobility to him. So there is something there, I believe, with Purdy. I don't think he's uh, he's your average backup. You know what I mean? I think he's oh, got I, true ability. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And so then that comes into my next question because I didn't know where you guys lay, um, thought about that. So that goes to my next question. Right now... Is Kyle Shanahan the best coach in the league to you guys? I think I know what the answers are going to be, but I'm bringing the question up. Uh, he's certainly in the top five. You have to put him there. I think you put if, him they, if we're saying today, I'm not mad at that. I still think overall you've got to give the edge to uh, to a Belichick, you or, know, or Andy Reid possibly. 
Or even Andy Reid. I'm not mad at that either. Yeah, Andy Reid or Belichick. Uh, but man, yeah, what Shanahan's doing is very Belichickian, next man up. You know what I mean? So I'm not mad if anyone said Shanahan. There's a there is uh, there is a batch of great quality coaches in this league. That's for sure. Between uh, you know Belichick, Andy Reid, Harbaugh, down the line to the Shanahan's, the McVeighs, Sirianni. Table, etc. So yeah, we do have a good batch of uh, young coaches, especially. Yeah. Go ahead, Tim. I don't think you can like. I mean, I would put Shanahan top three, and I would probably put him two. I think I'd put Andy Reid one, and I think I'd put him two because he's just been so consistent at like double digit wins with like skepticism at the quarterback position for a while now. You know, his run game is just insane. And they keep having great defensive coordinators under him. I agree that he's very, very good. I don't know if I could put Belichick in that three in in these last couple of years that have happened. I think if you're saying all time, sure, 100% put him up there. But if we're saying right now, best coaches in the league, I wouldn't have Belichick, even in my top five, probably, to be honest. Top five, that's a... I can see where you're going with that. And you know what? Especially after Belichick decided, hey, let's put uh, Matt Patricia as our OC. Yeah, I mean, you could you could talk me into moving Belichick down. But I do think I do think if you put Belichick on any roster in the NFL, he instantly makes them well, the, wins the, better, maybe. The you know? problem is that Belichick is, like, also the GM there, right? So yep. he's able to, like, make their team four wins better, you know? He like, why it's been this weird, like, sure, Matt got hurt this year, but, like, low-key Bailey Zapp looked, like, okay at points, but it's, like, weird. I don't know if you could necessarily say they're four games better, because there's a lot of, like, pretty good teams, but I think I think he's kind of losing it. Not really. I think what made his job really easy was you had Tom Brady there for a long time, Um and as he starts losing these pieces, losing McDaniels, it's starting to go downhill. I think next year will be the true test. We'll really see. Are the Patriots now kind of like a, 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 a mediocre franchise without Brady? Or is it? I don't know. I don't know. I just definitely couldn't have them top five right now at coaches of the current NFL. So quick, I, response to that. quick response before you go, King. Yeah, there you go. Uh, if you want to talk about this year with uh, Patricia, specifically not Patricia, right? So that's a handicap right there. We talk about sure. Mahomes having a yeah. handicap. That was a yeah. self-inflicted handicap by Belichick. Okay? Yep. Still went eight and nine. Still had a chance to playoffs. Yep. Uh, we're in the driver's seat of the playoffs. Really, they went in there, were in there. Um, last year, wild card spot. First year with Mac. After a after a not great season with Cam Newton, where we had most of a lot of our defense on the COVID list. Right, we had the most players out in the entire NFL in the 2020 season. Bounced wow. back with a wild card spot, 2021. How many people were picking them there? And then uh, this season, very up and down season. Like I said, they hamstrung themselves with Forrest Gump as an offensive coordinator, but uh, that was that was unfair. No, I don't mean he, he's, he, he sucks. He fucking sucks out. We'll see, but. <laughs> Point being here, I agree with you that next next year is truly the test. Because I even said, like, if they don't make the playoffs next year, Belichick absolutely should be on the hot seat. 
I don't believe that's the case. Granted, it's early. You know, I don't think they will miss the playoffs. It's very early to say that. But, you know, the last three years, I mean, you know, if you ask your average Cavs fan, it's fucking gloom and doom and Belichick needed to go during the 2020 season. I don't believe that. But, you know, as far as game management, everything else that has to do with coaching, he gets the absolute most from his team. We saw that in the defense this year. So I wholeheartedly expect a bounce back here from Belichick. But I can understand where you're coming from, absolutely. So I personally think I've got I've got Belichick still in my top five. I would probably have him behind Reed and Shanahan right now. I think I'd have him at three. I think that Belichick, I think Belichick is still the best offensive mind in the game. I'm sorry, not offensive, defensive mind of the game. My bad. Better be a little confused. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. I think Belichick is still still the best defensive mind in the game. We see it because he still gets these makeshift. He gets these makeshift defenses where you look and you're like, okay, why is that player there? He's all right. He seems to be okay. Who's this random guy? And they've still got a top ten defense every single year. Bill Belichick can take nothing and make it into an extravagant meal. So, his defensive mind has not really slipped. Where he loses me and how the league's moving, like before you could get defense, running games, situational football, and situationally it seems like the Patriots have fallen back a touch. Like like the Ramondre Stevenson flip to the Jacoby, like what's going on there? That should never, I understand those are the players and that's not at all on Belichick at all because they have to do it, but I could never have pictured a Belichick team doing that. There are just certain things that the Belichick teams don't do that they are starting to do, and I can't think that's just only Tom leaving. That's one. And two, with the league, how it's moving so offensively, it's he he seems to be a little bit behind on the movement offensively. Like I feel Saban was a little bit behind us in a sense, and then like he understood, like, okay, I need to get all of these top quarterbacks. I can't just get these A.J. McCarron quarterbacks and still go win national championships. Then you've seen Tua. You've seen Bryce Young. You've seen like you've seen these guys now. He's getting these top QBs. He has one on his roster waiting in the works. I cannot think of his name right now. But they've got quarterback play for years to come. Because I know a lot of quarterbacks didn't want to go there because of how he the offense worked. I think Bill Belichick won. Even I like the Bill O'Brien hire. He should sometimes try to hire outside of his collective. And two, I think he just needs to update his offensive mind just a little bit, kind of get a little bit fresher, maybe get some new ear, a new voice in there, whatever. But that's kind of where I think the Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, and like these guys are still a little bit ahead of him right now. But it's still Bill Belichick. He's still amazing. He's still, to me, the goat at coach. So I agree with all that. Still great. Okay, so that was my that was the those are the questions that I had for those two. And the next questions that I have, it's kind of like four questions, but they're all one. Um, so if I'm going kind of if these players if these players win, what does it help them or how does it move them? If Jalen Hurts wins this game and gets to a Super Bowl, how do you think it affects his trajectory? I think he's getting a bag next year. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a positive. I think it's a positive trajectory. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say obviously, like I mean, obviously, it's gonna be positive for all of these people. But do you think like 
like how do you feel do you feel like it just changes anything do you think he's gonna get paid regardless do you think that like like how do you think it affects him moving forward yeah i think what i think what lose hurts is getting paid i mean he's had a he's had a great year he's in that mvp conversation i don't see too much changing with uh with a win or a loss here okay and timmy same Eagles. same with you or no Eagles. sorry Oh, yeah, I, I was going to say Eagles season was success either way. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think he gets a bag, hundred um, percent. I think in terms of like legacy, would be a big one to like really win, because like we see him in college get benched in a national championship game to mm-hmm. like to prove it not only to Alabama, but to like really I don't know come out and win a Super Bowl or even get to a Super Bowl before, like, the guy who benched him even has a chance to, like, compete in the playoffs, I think would be, like, a pretty good story. That would be pretty cool. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is a very good quarterback. I think he's going to be, for the next five or six years, he'll be in this top six, top eight range for sure, uh, mainly because he's a rushing guy, you know. But yeah. he gets the bag either way. Um. I think he just. I think his his contract looks a little different with if they make it to the Super Bowl, because obviously they start putting in all the Super Bowl. Uh, like if you make a Super Bowl, here's a million dollars. All the the ifs ands to those quarter those contracts. Uh, but yeah. Okay, um, I was gonna say I personally think that with Hertz, he's gonna get paid either way. I, he's definitely the future there. I felt going into this year, it was a make or break year for him. I was gonna say they got they traded for AJ Brown. That team was great, had all the potential on it. It's like how good can you be? This is gonna kind of how I was saying with Daniel Jones on the last pod. Like I think this next year, if they were to get like DeAndre Hopkins, it'd be like okay, who are you? With Hertz, it was who are you? And I think he answered every question. So I definitely, I definitely think that he's gonna get paid regardless. With a Super Bowl win. It's really, or I mean, even a Super Bowl appearance, it's really hard to say he's not like a top six quarterback. It's even hard to say yeah. that like right now. I mean, because you have Burrow, you have Mahomes, not the order, but you have Burrow, you have Mahomes. And then after that, honestly, yeah, as I say, you have Hurts, you have Allen, you have Herbert, you have Trevor Lawrence, you've got, uh, depends on how you feel still about Rodgers, how, how you feel about Brady still. Like there might be someone I'm forgetting here too. Uh, then Dak and people like that afterwards, but he'll be right in that like next conversation with Herbert, with Lawrence, with maybe depending on how you. Josh Allen, I feels like in his own little category under Mahomes and Burrow. Like I feel like this Mahomes, Burrow, and then like Allen's like splitting the next group. He's but, got his yeah, hands. I mean, I, I still, I still think Allen's in that group with Mahomes and Burrow. I mean, they're playing at a higher level at this moment, but. I mean, there's a world where the Bills win last week and we're still talking about, you know, next to Mahomes and Burrow. You know what I mean? So, yeah, maybe he takes a bit of a step back. So, I agree with you there. If they're uh, one and two, I do think Josh Allen's like 2A, certainly three, you know? Yeah, I think think it's just a little bit like they're there and then he's like, he's still in like the – Maybe he's just in the waiting room and they're in, like in the door. Like it's just like a weird like they're in this like kind of the same building. Just like Mahomes and Burrow have entered, and then Allen's just like at like just in the waiting room waiting to just go in. Allen's like, mentioned like, this last. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Allen's like looking through the window at them, like waiting. 
but like still technically i think he's like in that that other room but he's like i'll be in there someday yeah it was like it was like a table for two because of Mike goes mahomes there and people were like oh yeah alan yeah. you've got this reservation then burrow came in and was like you know what actually <laughs> i'm gonna take the table <laughs> and alan's just literally Even sitting there like upset like oh god <laughs> come on i will say i will say i'm a I'm a Pats fan, so like the Bills' success has been weird for me these yeah. past three years, especially. Uh, so it took me a while to even jump on the Josh Allen's an elite quarterback kind of line of thinking. But I will say for everybody, for most of the season, was saying how Mahomes and Allen are in class by themselves. And as you said, like maybe had a Brady Manning type rivalry group, whatever, whatever. He did get a serious elbow injury throughout the year, or in the middle of the year. And I just saw too many people last week on Twitter, specifically. And I don't know if this is the case on, like, ESPN or Waves and such. I would assume so, because they're pretty reactionary as well. But too many people just, like, piling on Josh Allen saying he's not that guy. If you have an elbow injury that would cause most people to miss the season and they play through it, your stats are going to take a dip. And, uh, you know, they lost last week. He didn't have his best game, but that's going to happen. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily ding him that many points for losing the game because, you know, after all, it wasn't him that couldn't stop the Bengals on offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'll shoot him some bail there. But, uh, yeah, and I'm not mad at anybody putting Burrow ahead of him necessarily, but there's a lot of people there who are acting like Josh Allen's not even top eight. You know what I mean? And uh, he's still – He's still in that class. He's not Mahomes necessarily, but he's still up there. I think he's three. Yeah, no, like, I, would I, have, think, I would have him three. I don't completely fair. Completely fair. I'd have, I'd have him having three. And then another one is Brock Purdy. So if Brock, if they win, does Brock Purdy stay the starter next year? Do you think they try to get someone new? Do you think, like, how do you feel Brock Purdy's future goes with this game here? I think if he wins this game, he secures the starting job. But no, regardless of how the Super Bowl goes, or if he's at least competent, I mean, shit, if they get yeah. If they get blown out, right, and it's like completely on him, yeah. And yeah, we might see something else. But I mean, if this guy goes undefeated in all of his starts, you can't you can't just put that on Shanahan in the offense. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So. Purdy would have to have something to do with that because I know I need a reaction to Jimmy G going down with shit. The season's probably over. And it took Purdy damn near one half to change my mind on that. Yeah, so, I was say the first thing is like, you'll say he's playing Tom Brady. He's probably going to melt. He's like, okay, you see the goat across from you. And then he was like, you know what? I am him. I am Tom. So <laughs> I was like, all right. All right, Brock. Yeah. You do your thing. I, I, I think the Niners are. Possibly the most intriguing team this offseason, just at QB. Uh, I don't think Brady goes there or Rodgers goes there. I don't think that's the case. I think most Niners fans would say that, too. Like, I don't think Brady's really in the question for them. Uh, but whether it's Purdy, whether, whether it's Jimmy G, the day Jimmy G got injured, there was a report coming out that he and the Niners would be welcome to a return for next season which wasn't the case at all. Remember, he was out of there during the offseason, during a training camp and all that. He wasn't even at the facility. Yeah. Uh, last hour, you know, he comes back, they sign that, that deal as Trey Lance insurance, and we know what happens, you know? So 
who knows where Jimmy G ends up next year? Who knows? I mean, I would imagine Trey Lance is a backup, regardless if it's Brock or Jimmy G next year. But, uh, yeah, who knows what their quarterback room looks like. But I really do think right now Purdy's got the upper hand. Yeah, and I would – I personally think with – with a win, he's got to have the job. Like, I think with a win, and unless, it, like, as you said, he absolutely flames out in the Super Bowl because then, I mean, what's the difference between him and Jimmy G at that point? Because obviously Jimmy G got them to a Super Bowl. But I think I just, I don't see how he can be this good so far. The offense has been this functional with him still. Hasn't taken a step back, probably taken a step or two forward and how you don't at least start him next year. Especially especially if he goes on and wins it, there's like a, you cannot just say, "Hey, you won a Super Bowl. Go, now you're back as a rookie. You won one, which has never happened before." And also, if he wins this game, he's done something no one ever has done, which is be a rookie just and like in his rookie season lead a team to a Super Bowl. So, he's also yeah, and run the table. Yeah, yeah, Unde- and run the table. He'd still be undefeated too. Yeah, I was going to say he if he wins the Super Bowl, he's never lost a game, which is a wild thing in the NFL, which is a wild we'll, thing to do. And we'll never lose a game again. <laughs> and we'll never, ever. He'll never play. He'll only go 18-0, and or he'll only come in like in games they know he's going to win. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're playing the Bears this week, Brock. You just take a take a seat on the bench. We can win it with James. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, now Brock can <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Uh, that would be hilarious. And so, on this, I think the only way, if Brock Purdy wins this game, the only way he's not the quarterback next year is if not Tom Brady comes knocking on the door. And I do see a, a situation where Tom Brady's a 49er. I mean, I predicted that he would be a 49er when we asked these questions a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Vegas has him at the second, them at the second highest odds for Tom Brady behind the Raiders. I think they have a belief that he could be a 49er. Yeah. Um, personally, I actually now kind of think, I saw this video of uh, Tom Brady was interviewing some private schools in Miami. Kind of like, maybe he's going to Miami via trade, and that's where he's, you know, prepping for his kids to go to school. Yeah. I could see that before the Niners. Well, I mean, he tried to I go could, to Miami last year, pretty much. Whereas this is like a free agent deal. Well, it's not a trade, but like they have to get rid of their already proven to, uh, at least I think he's proven to, uh, I mean, that wouldn't be crazy to let him sit a year or two behind Brady, but. And yeah, also depends on his health, too. With, uh, to it. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly where I'm at. I think, I think there's true concern on whether his career goes forward and i would imagine he tries to play next year but mm-hmm. yeah they tried their hardest to get Brady in there the last two seasons not yeah, they, they literally season, got in trouble for tampering <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's no seat and that, that's where brady lived at uh that's where he and giselle lived at one point i don't know if he still lives there but they had a mansion in miami so yeah i would not be surprised to see him in miami at all you know i would not be shocked to see him in miami I would hate it. I would I would hate it more than anything, but I would not be shocked to see him in Miami, unfortunately. Just come back to New think, England, Tom. I, come on. Those are I think those two positions, San Fran and Miami, I think those are better destinations for him than Las Vegas is. I think Vegas will just give him money, which I don't think he really cares about at this point. I I do think they're both a little bit more ready made to win. But yeah. at this 
but at the same time, there's more familiarity with... I think Sam Fran would be the best just because of how good Shanahan is and the fact that you have um, you have such a loaded roster and you have money to go get a loaded roster because I think he would not even take much money and just basically be like, okay, give me every great player so I can just go win again. But like in Miami, he obviously has great talent. But um, I just think in Vegas, even though there is great talent there and there's the familiarity with McDaniels, I just uh, – that one, they're also – I think they might have to even operate from the wild card too, which would be a little bit more difficult. So, I mean, obviously in the in the in Miami, there's still the Bills there. Obviously, the Jets are good, and if they got Rodgers, which Nat Hackett also, they might be getting Rodgers. Yep. By the way, so there's so much. There's gonna be so much movement this off season. I feel, and it's gonna be one of the most interesting NFL off seasons of my lifetime because you've got. Brady, Rodgers, Lamar, Derek Carr, for just, uh, Jimmy G will be out there. Just there's uh, Trey Lance. If Brock Purdy is the starter, does Trey Lance get moved? Like there's just so much that could possibly happen this offseason. D Hop as well, another gr- a great receiver. So I'm excited for this offseason, but obviously I'm more excited for this weekend's games. I'm not trying to try to <laughs> jump the rest of the season. The season's going to end great. Well, I'm asking on Purdy and Lance because you mentioned Lance. I think it's funny they gave up all the picks for what Lance is the number two pick. Uh, three. Three, yeah. Number three pick. They gave up all those picks for him. <clears throat> Excuse me, he might not be the guy. And here they land Purdy at the very last pick in the draft. <laughs> and he might be the guy. Yeah, no, that's cra- it's crazy to think. I mean, it really does feel like – I mean, obviously a little bit different because the Patriots didn't give up all that. They just drafted Bledsoe. But it really does feel like that, all right, we have this highly talented guy that's on our roster, top pick. And one reason or another, he got in, he got injured, but the team wasn't operating at the highest success rate with him. You get this uh, young you get this young guy in there who doesn't – is just confident, goes in there, performs, and – Maybe Mr. Irrelevant, he may be Mr. Irrelevant might be a franchise quarterback one day. We don't know, but it's gonna be crazy to think. All right, that was, um, I was gonna say the only other two I had were Mahomes and Burrow. If you think anything changes on those two guys at all with wins here. On a- with an AFC championship win? With an AFC championship with Mahomes a championship. Um, with Burrow, the AFC Championship, and then the Super Bowl. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think anything really changes for either if they win an AFC Championship. I mean, it's obviously more of a accolade in the belt. You know, it's never, it's never a bad thing to win your conference championship. Uh, Mahomes, if, I'll answer Mahomes first. If they win, actually, let me do Burrow first. If the Bengals win, you have to put Burrow as the number one QB, right? It's just kind of how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, at first one, you wouldn't put him as the number one QB, but you'd give him the QB crown, right? <laughs> I've used that analogy with the NBA. Um, but if Burrow wins, it's kind of like the case when Giannis won it all. Giannis and the Bucks, I should say, won it all in 2020. You kind of, by default, no matter how you feel about LeBron or Curry or Kawhi or whoever, you kind of, by default, have to put Giannis there, especially with how talented of a player Giannis is, right? Yep. While I might think Mahomes is better than Burrow, if Burrow beats Mahomes again in KC and then goes on to win the Super Bowl, yeah, you absolutely have to 
a Burrow, the top QB going into next season. Uh, if Mahomes wins this game and it goes on to win the Super Bowl, you have to consider KC not necessarily a dynasty. They're on a dynastic run. But on a dynastic run, itch. you know, they've <laughs> only got one ring right now. Uh, you've got to, in my eyes, you've got to at least repeat, right? Uh, so they, they'd be in that Spurs ilk, and they still have a lot of time to go, right? Because there's, <laughs> I see some people like just, like, I saw someone say, I've not really seen them compared to the Patriots, but I saw someone say, like, the Chiefs are getting Patriots-level hate. And, no, I, the Chiefs might be hated, but nobody was hated the way the Pats were during their reign. Well, no, they because... They were the evil empire. Like, come on now. Well, we no, because yeah, there was the cheating scandals, there was... There was this Belichick break. It was like they, they were just hated. They're everything about them, because obviously it was always how they pushed the line. Like, obviously... Belichick was going to try any strategic advantage he could to win, and sometimes that was pushing the rule book to a point where people just felt like it was cheating, even though it wasn't or whatnot. That, that is one. That is one thing I wanted to add. We were talking about Belichick earlier. He uh, he does hire the best spies, so that's. Like <laughs> I was gonna say. He, I was gonna say he is Spy Kids three in his uh in his locker room, but <laughs> but when it comes to like. They're not, they're not New England. Like obviously, whatever. Three Super Bowls in four years from '01 to '05. They, um, they went to th- they were three and zero. Brady was nine and zero in the playoffs during that run. They went ten years, and then from fourteen to nineteen, they went to five Super Bowls. They won three in seven years. They were in eight straight NFC AFC Championship games, not NFC AFC. I understand the Chiefs have gone to five straight at home, which has never been done. The Patriots were in eight straight. There for that stretch of time. It was two things in sports you could bet every year. LeBron was going to be in the finals, and the Patriots are going to be in the AFC Championship game. Those the two things that were solidified. The, the Chiefs are great. Love them. Mahomes has had the greatest pro, uh, statistical start to a career ever. Great. He's cool and all. No, they're just not the Patriots. The Patriots, even and even in their lull of not winning, ten, not winning, they still went to two Super Bowls and would have went to three we're not going to get into it, but would have went to three. I don't care. They went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle coming off. That was going to be a revenge tour. They might have went undefeated again. Don't get me started on that team. But anyways, Timmy. Can I, can I, add, one, can I add one thing to that? Just I oh, man. Yeah, no, don't get me started on that team. That team was, it was poised to go back. The only thing I'm going to say is, so since Brady took over, they won the division all but two times, and the two times were – the following season, and that 11-5 season you're talking about with Matt Castle. Yeah. Fun fact about those seasons, though, Keenan. Uh, the year they went 9-7, and seven and they missed the playoffs on a tiebreaker. I actually remember this. Like, they won that Miami, their last game of the season, I believe. It just still mm-hmm. just didn't make it. I can't remember. I was really young. I was, like, fifth grade or something. Either way, the Dolphins won the division with a 9-7 and seven record. So the Patriots still had the best record, just didn't win the division. Uh, the 11-5 and five year... The Dolphins the won. Oh, no, the Jets. It was 11 5. Yeah. And the Jets, yeah, exactly. The Jets went 11 5. So they had the same exact record. So the years the Patriots didn't win, they had the exact record to win, and they just, you know, didn't have the division tiebreaker. That's all. So I thought that was interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Tim, I was going to say, Timmy, you can go on with whatever points you have after this. I'm just saying that that, that team 
was six. They went eighteen and zero, and they obviously lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. We know helmet catch. Trante Samuel didn't want to catch the ball on the sideline. Whatever they were playing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that team, that that team afterwards, that next year team, I would have, if if I was like my age now and it was going into that, and I wasn't only eleven years old, ten, eleven years old. That I would have bet the house that that team was gonna win. Like that team was, it was a revenge tour. It would have been Spurs twenty fourteen. After they, they lost, lost, after they would have lost no less than three games. Yeah, no it would have been games. Spurs twenty fourteen. Is exactly what that would have been when they went <laughs> after they after Ray Allen hits that shot, demoralizing play. They lose. LeBron is an amazing thirty seven and twelve in game seven. They go back. They see the Heat make quick work of him five games. Like it would have. That's exactly what the season would have been. The Patriots would have. Tom would have seven. But anyway, several more shots at home, by the way. Listen, several more shots for the yeah. Patriots reference. Okay. Yeah, of Go course. Ahead, Timmy. Go ahead, Tim. On anything you have feeling. Uh, so I guess I'll get back to like the main question. <laughs> um, very true. Very true. Joe Burrow. It's hard to really put. I think it's it's hard to put him above Mahomes because they've both been to two Super Bowls. If Burrow wins, he'll have one, and so will Patrick. If Burrow loses, he won't have any. He'll have been to two. So, like, statistically, he has a worse record in the Super Bowl. Yes, he's got Patrick's number because he beat him four times, and three of them were in the playoffs, or two of them were in the playoffs. But I think I think when I think of quarterbacks, I still think Patrick will have better, even if Burrow wins this Super Bowl. He's more talented. He's more um, the supporting cast just isn't there for Patrick to really. I mean, I think if maybe they had Tyreek Hill, their team would be a little bit more favored here. So, I don't know. I, I still think they would be, like, even at most. I don't think I would put Burrow over him, though. But I think they're in the same tier. Okay. True. I'm done. I think Go just on. to that, that's where I think you'd have to give Burrow the crown. Like, I, I completely agree. They would definitely be in the same class in a 1A, 1B type of situation, but you would just have to give Burrow the crown and the arrow pointing up. Obviously, you hear all offseason how it is definitively Burrow, but Tim is right. They would be 1A, 1B, and it would be, you know, Mahomes trying to get back. You know what I mean? So uh, it would almost put them in, uh, as we mentioned earlier, and I don't want to compare, but to a Manning Brady type situation because we'd be angling for that to be the AFC championship game for next year. But I do want to just clarify it puts them and I think Keenan you mentioned this. As I was saying about the Chiefs, if Mahomes wins or if Mahomes leads the Chiefs will win in the Super Bowl, puts them on a dynastic path. Not necessarily a dynasty. I'm not gonna call them a dynasty, but it does put them in a conversation only certain teams have been in. You know what I mean? And then you know if they can repeat next year and so forth, and keep making Super Bowls, absolutely you are the team of whatever era this is, you know, the post-Patriots era. So, yep. yeah. All right, I was going to say, that was my last, those are my last questions. I'll quickly say, I think Mahomes is on a dynastic run for sure, and that he's he's got, like, if there's anyone who's going to try to be a GOAT of the quarterback position that's not Brady, Mahomes would be your guy, obviously, and he's definitely on the path to have to be doing that. That would be for the Chiefs side. 
He's got much more to go. Oh, oh no, absolutely, absolutely. He's five years in. I'm, I'm. Don't worry. Don't, don't, don't. Again, I just went on a little rant about the Patriots dynasty. Don't get me started about Tom. But uh, the Burrow, on the other hand, I was gonna say he got injured his first year. He had 13 touchdowns, five picks. Got injured. I think there were two seven and one at the time. So he got injured his first year. He didn't get a full season, but they weren't gonna make the playoffs. Then his second year, first year fully starting, they go to the Super Bowl. They lose to the Rams in a close game. And then if he goes there and wins it the next year, like that is an amazing start to a career. And especially because his numbers right now are still top five quarterback numbers the last two years, even though he's not going to win the MVP this year. I'm sorry, he's not going to win the MVP this year. He's a finalist. And last year, obviously, he was, I think, top probably six and everything. But he'll he, going forward, he'll definitely be right there with Mahomes because of the fact that he will have the accolades over him. Or no, I, I, the accolades over him as in head-to-head. But also he'll be able to accumulate, I think, some of those accolades because he'll probably get an MVP or two in his career for sure. Um, I don't think this will be the last time they go to the Super Bowl if they do go, but we never know because we thought the same thing with Aaron Rodgers and he has not been back. So we never know. That's why you got to capitalize on it when you've got the chances. But I think it just kind of it puts Burrow on a great, great trajectory to start his career now. And I, as Kyle said, he has the crown. And as like Giannis said about Steph before the season, like I think whoever wins that year, the best player, he's got the crown. So regardless of how other people feel, I feel Giannis is the best player in the league. Uh, Giannis thinks that right now Steph's got the crown. So, and that's fair. True story. Steph's with the crown. Giannis or even Jokic might be the best player in the league. We'll be talking more NBA soon. I do got a quick question for both of y'all before we leave because we do got to head out soon there. Uh, off the top of your head, you can give me an AFC and NFC or just whichever from each conference. Uh, and if you have a favorite AFC or NFC or both championship game. Of all time? Of all time, like what's one that jumps out that you're like, damn, that's a good game? I'll let you go first, Tim. Nothing's coming to mind, man. I'm not. Uh, these are of all time. If you no, that... if you've got before, I, I don't have any coming okay, to mind. Okay, so. That's... So if I've got I've got a couple and obviously they're gonna be Patriot based because I mean they live there. Um, of course, if they're gonna be they're gonna be Patriot based and the Chiefs. I mean last year was a good one, but otherwise the Chiefs Bills. I was kind of I mean Bills got up early, Chiefs blew them out. Uh, so I've got a couple the Chiefs Patriots when Patriots went to Arrowhead and they won in overtime. That was a great one. And then the other one was when they lost to the Broncos the second time, 20-18. to 18. They scored a touchdown. They didn't get the two-point conversion. Those two games are the first one coming to my head as just great games where I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Uh, those, so those two for the AFC. For the NFC, the Giants 49ers one where the Giants ended up winning on the, on the, on the muff punt. That's one that's coming to my head. And I had another one. Oh, Seahawks for uh, Packers. Seahawks Packers was the other one that went to my because that one was a crazy game as well. So those are the two on both sides that come to my head. Yeah, that's kind of why I asked. I would say Seahawks Packers is probably like my one of my favorite all time playoff games. Period. That maybe one of my all time favorite playoffs. 
because that yeah, Super Bowl no, was, was my favorite Super Bowl. Right? Yeah, no, that was that game, I believe it was 16-0 at the half, or at least that was the lead at one point. And uh, Seahawks run that fake kick, fake field goal, I should say, mm-hmm, the- get a touchdown. Packers collapse. Uh, wild Russell Wilson, two-point conversion, onside kick. Yeah, it was the uh, onside kick. Yeah, 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 that's the game. Brown, then, Wilson threw a dime. Russell Wilson dime. with a dime. That was an amazing game. He I just threw remember a watching dime. that game. I just remember watching that game being like crazy hype for the Patriots and Colts game next. Being like, all right, that was this game. Like, what's next? And then I ended up being blowout. But of course, <laughs> in the AFC, of course, in the AFC, I would say Patriots Chiefs. That's one of my favorite games ever as well. But whenever like championship weekend comes to mind, I always think of that Seahawks-Packers game yep. before anything, for whatever reason. So, yeah. All right, and Tim, do you have any that come to your mind that are different at all, or no? Um, I think the obviously the Bills last year was was very exciting to watch. The mm-hmm. last like that's of that game was like crazy. Yeah. Um, yes. And then the 49ers Giants that you brought up, I remember watching that as a kid, and that was like how I started becoming a Giants fan was when I started watching football is when the Giants won their first Super Bowl. And then, yeah. So like that one does is in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't know. I just haven't watched like enough of like seventies to 2000 of football to like really say that those are the best ones. I don't know if there just were good ones prior yeah. to that. Or not necessarily best, but your favorite that you see. So yeah, that was okay. either way. That's, Bills one was like the most exciting one that I've seen where it was just like back and forth, back and forth. And we were just seeing offensive mastery scoring. You talking Bills Chiefs or Bengals Chiefs? Bills Chiefs. Okay, where wasn't that a divisional game last year though? That was divisional last year. They played right. one. Well, it will one of his favorite one of his favorite playoff games. That was one of the best playoff games. That one, I didn't say if you're on playoff you games, right. that one was great. Uh, Cardinals Packers, both of them, uh, 45 42. The first one, the second one, the uh, <laughs> Hail Mary, and then uh, yep. Larry Fitz. That, that one was great. Obviously, we've had some amazing ones. Obviously, Colts coming back from 28 down. Uh, the got the um. Minnesota Miracle is another one. I'm just thinking even recent years. Like, we've gotten so many great playoff games in the last few years, so. Yeah, there's a lot, especially in the 2010s. That yeah. was a great era of football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kina, I really, I forgot to mention last podcast, and I really do have to go here. Like, Same, but, but you're good. But Drake did two shows at the Apollo over the weekend. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you heard about it, but his set list was amazing. It was like 41 songs. And first of all, that put me on, let me get the set list right here. That put me on, uh, like I was listening to the set list most of the week when I was driving around. Like it just put me in a, in a Drake mode. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, similar to when Drake and Kanye did the Larry Hoover concert. And Kanye came out with like an insane career set list and i was listening to kanye for the rest of the week uh i almost made me feel super light-skinned like if i'm light-skinned before i feel like super cyan light-skinned after listening to drake all week but uh listen to the set list right here Ken. opens up with over my dead body wu-tang forever yep. into trust issues yep. into marvin's room yep. into say something into feel no ways practice say something you threw in there i like that 
practice jaded jungle karaoke best i ever had over headlines hell yeah fucking right i'm on one started from the bottom no new friends energy know yourself non-stop god's plan laugh now cry later hold on we're going home control of one dance in my feelings passion through mm. uh this is the second night apparently because it's then uh two little uzi songs way too sexy way for you massive calling my name sticky one more smile yeah this heartbreak those weren't there before so this is definitely second night then he brought out dipset dipset has their set rich flex privileged rappers spin about you jimmy cooks knife talk legend and apparently the second night he ended with a genuine cover but that is a career set list for drake i would have I would have paid to have been at that show for sure. Like, had I known these shows were going on, I didn't even realize these shows were going on, but I wouldn't normally pay to see Drake, just like on tour in general, like if it was an album tour or whatever, I would have paid whatever to be there at that, that show. Was, that's, that's an amazing that's, show. That's a nuts show. That that show's incredible. That's an incredible show. That first that the, that first leg, when he threw in Say Something, that, that's random, uh, but I love it. That's one of my favorite Drake features, but uh, no, that that show would be incredible. Tim, what do you listen to for music, by the way? Um, to be honest with you, I don't listen to like a lot, a lot of music. It's more of a podcast kind of person, just listening while I drive. Brilliant. Brilliant. But for uh, I like like J Cole, uh, Kendrick. I listen to a lot of like Childish Gambino and Logic. Oh. Um, so you're a lyricist guy. Yeah, I like I like Gambino. He's got some some nice lyrics. A lot of innuendos and yeah, double on top. Uh, you're also so you're a Frank not Ocean a, guy. You're... Frank Ocean's in there. Yeah, I like Tyler Creator and uh, you know those guys. Earl Sweatshirt's good. So you're not a Green Day guy like I was a typecasting you as good. Cool stuff here. I mean, there might be some some Green Day in my songs. I don't know if there's Green Day specifically. I don't think so. But like, there's definitely. (laughs) There's a classic from me. (laughs) Yeah, there might be footage somewhere of Keenan singing Green Day, Wake Me Up When September Ends in a Chan Bailey jersey. I don't know how it happened either, but it's there. At the draft, they pull in. What was the song? They pull in low. Like six deep in this four seater car, all just screaming at the top of their lungs. It was like, oh, what's feel the rain on your skin or something? It, wait, what? This? What did I you say, the, Timmy? Feel the rain on your skin. I don't know the, the real name for that song. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Who, uh, who's this though? Who, who uh, did this? Me, Joe DeZazzo, and others. Shannon, Shannon, Joey. Like the car was full. Oh, we were jam packed in there. <laughs> y'all, y'all had a choreographed set. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah we know. We, I well, mean, we Kyle, were, you know my sets. I just threw one we in the car. In the, <laughs> the house, and we heard them singing outside, and they were still in the car. Yeah, no, we were having we were having ourselves a blast. <laughs> yes, y'all had uh, Natasha Bedingfield in your Serato. So there Shake we go. Me are you guys both in a rush you guys said you had to go yeah one more thing uh i kind of got like two more quick things uh, go ahead go ahead quick quick, quick. less than 30 seconds uh so this weekend 49ers eagles yeah rock versus jalen hurts they yep. played in college oklahoma versus iowa state okay the score to that game 
42 to 41. Purdy threw six touchdowns. Hurts had five total. This could be a really good game. I like that. I like uh, that. And then the second thing is uh, no team in NFL history has won a Super Bowl where their quarterback takes up more than 12.5% of their salary cap. The only team in the playoffs right now with that statistic, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. They'd be breaking the rules. That's a great stat. That's that, a that is a crazy stat. Um, that also Tim reminds. Tim got the F, Tim got the NFL research team on payroll right there. So that's um, like social media goes off for me. It's great. Yeah. Also, <laughs> uh, this is a stat that I saw uh, earlier in the week. This is kind of going back to the teams that lost, and the Bills and the Ravens are definitely. Um, with a coach quarterback combination, every great coach quarterback combination have won a Super Bowl within the first five years of being together. So like Brady Belichick, Mahomes, Reed, like all of those ones have won a com, like Tomlin, Roethlisberger, whatever you go in, they've won it all within the first five years. This was the fifth year of Allen and McDermott, and the fifth year of Harbaugh and Lamar. Interesting. Damn, that is interesting. So, not saying that not saying that they can never win or whatever, but as Timmy just pointed out, that stat that was just a stat that just stuck in my mind too. So, another interesting. Well, I mean, it makes sense because when you're not spending fifty million a year on your quarterback, you're spending it on other key positions that help you out. Yep. I wonder what I wonder what year it was for Flacco for throwing Flacco in there. I think um, the QB. I think it was. Big, I think it was a. I think they were both young. Honestly, let me. Eli was in the middle of his career. It was Eli's fourth year to win his first ring. Because yeah. it was the same thing with Daniel Jones. They were both going into their fourth year, and they were like low key making playoff runs, but they I, were like running the. T- I think it was year five for. Uh, I believe it was year five for Joe Flacco. You don't got anything else. No, I'm Sorry, good. Got else? No, I'm good. Nope. All right, fellas. Right, this is the Warner Brothers podcast. We will be back very soon, whether it's Sunday, Monday. Maybe we'll do a post game show on Sunday. Who knows? But uh, yeah, we'll be back. Enjoy the games this weekend. Be safe. Uh, I'll talk to y'all next week. I'll probably talk to y'all during the games this weekend, actually. So uh, everyone, be safe. Have a good weekend. We're out of here. Peace.